podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Hello, hello. Good morning, Niner Nation. How are we doing? We are so excited to be with you here today. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a great episode for you here. We have some super fun 49ers news. It's been an exciting couple of weeks since we last recorded. So let's dive on in. I think... I actually think I forgot to tell you this beforehand, Daniel, but I think the first news we should get out of the way is we spent a lot of time speculating if the 49ers were going to get Julio Jones. They did not. Julio Jones went to the Tennessee Titans. Not super specific 49ers news, but if, if your only source of NFL news is the 49ers Unrestricted podcast, we, ha- we regret to inform you that the 49ers did not trade for Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones. Any quick thoughts on missing on Julio? Um, I don't think I personally, I didn't think it was truly going to happen. Um, but I'm, you know, bummed that it didn't cause I would have loved him, but I wasn't my, my hopes were not let down because I did not have a lot of hopes. Um, I thought he was going to go to the Titans or the Ravens. I actually thought he was going to go to the Patriots, maybe most of all, but that was my least favorite destination for him. Um, and so I kind of tried to ignore that one and try to pretend that that wasn't a real thing. Um, but I was very fearful that it was, I think the Titans yeah, are a good that. spot for him, him and AJ Brown together is terrifying. Um, but yeah, I, I would have loved to see him on the 49ers, but that would have been maybe a different universe we were living in if that happened. Yeah, I agree. I, I very much viewed it more as a nice to have Julio Jones, but not a, not something the 49ers need. Um, I'm, I'm very much with you on that, but it is a bummer. He's one of the best players of all time, and it would have been fun to see him in the red and gold. The, the next big thing we got to talk about is the 49ers were having their offseason practices, rookie minicamp, and Daniel, stop me if you've heard this before, but we have some injuries. Oh, Timmy, Timmy, I've heard it before. Yeah. Haven't we all? That has been the story of the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch altogether. Injury, 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 no more than last season where a talented roster was just completely devastated by specifically um, Metro Life Stadium in New York. And, but yep, we are back on the injury bug has never left the 49ers. And what we've got right now is tackle Justin School who is has been our backup offensive lineman swing tackle for a while pretty talented player actually he stepped up with a Joe Staley injury a few years ago he is a very he's been great for the 49ers and he suffered an injury an interior cruciate ligament torn in his knee according to ESPN and I believe that's a season-ending injury for him and then safety Tarverius Moore also tore his Achilles again, Tarverius Moore, not a starter, but a good, very good role player on the 49ers and a bummer to have him out for the year. Daniel, what are you, what are your thoughts on those injuries? Um, as you said, not massive starters as we saw last year. 
Um, I don't know about you or any other 49ers fans, but I still have nightmares about that game in New York. And the field didn't look great, and it, it proved that it wasn't great. Yeah. But these guys, obviously, anyone going down to an injury, definitely a bummer. Um, I don't even want to talk about last year's injuries in fear of jinxing anything at all. Um, but those are two massive injuries themselves. Those guys will be out for the year, a torn Achilles. Yeah. Um, my Achilles hurts just saying that, so I can't yeah, imagine what it's like. Tearing. Have you ever watched someone tear their Achilles? Only I videos, have. not with my I, own eyes. Yes. But I don't know if you remember the NBA Finals a few years ago with, with KD exactly tearing his Achilles. Yeah. There are very few injuries that look as painful as that because you just see the muscle snap and like ripple in his leg. I just yeah yeah prayers up to uh, to various more for getting that Achilles fixed. But that that's one of those injuries that you watch and you just you immediately know that that guy's gonna be out for a while. Yeah, we've got some other very minor ones. Some of our stars are a little questionable. Jalen Hurd dealing with his knee. Oh, wow. Haven't heard that one before either. Yeah. Nick Bosa, his knee as well. They're just a little banged up from it. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, minor groin injury. Raheem Mostert is questionable as well. I think he is a knee as well. And uh, D Ford is questionable for the start of training camp as well. Uh, D Ford, who knows if he'll ever make it on the field again for the 49ers. Full healthy, yeah. Some of these Great guys trade if he plays. will be plenty. They'll be ready to go. They'll be plenty fine just, just as time rolls around. But, you know, it, it's training camp. Guys get banged up here and there. They took some time off getting back into it. It makes total sense. But we're definitely bummed to see the massive injuries because that is – that impacts a career that takes him out for a year, year and a – well, year and a half in some other sports. Football, those things are usually a year, and that worries me. But, yeah. We just we would love to see an entirely healthy season from all of our dudes, starters to the last fifty-three man on the roster. It would be awesome to see people healthy all the way through. Yeah, it's injuries are tough, especially like the injuries around now. And it always makes you wonder, like, could the 49ers be doing something better? I think we hired a whole new training staff a year or two ago after some of the injuries, just like we need some new some new minds in here. But it's just one of those things that like Seems like it's just bad luck. Like that New York game, like the 49ers couldn't have done anything better other than complain to the NFL more about how terrible the turf was there and yeah. just, and we're not playing in New York this season. So that's good. But I don't know what you can do at a team. It's not like, it's like, Oh, everyone is tearing their ACL when we run this drill. Then it's like, well, stop running that drill. But there's just not a, it's, it seems to really just be bad luck. And that's, that's just that's hard because there's how do you stop that I mean, what do you think about the Niners they canceled OTAs right the entire thing because of these injuries yeah so after the injuries the 49ers canceled OTAs according to Kyle Shanahan he was planning on doing eight days and then taking the team bowling on the ninth day and he said after the injuries on day seven he just said all right stop it like we're done we're doing a team building activity which I'm guessing was bowling now and 49ers are now done with all practices before training camp. So that's a week or two less than they than they could have practiced. They could have had the rookies for longer. I, I have a bit of a conspiracy theory, and that leads into our next bit of news, which is the 49ers – actually, sorry, Daniels, do you have any thoughts on the 49ers canceling practices for the injuries? No, I'm excited to hear your conspiracy theory. 
Yeah. So I have a conspiracy theory. The 49ers, after after this came out with the injuries, the NFL Players Association announced that the 49ers had broken rules in one of the, some of their rookie minicamp practices. And they were being, I don't know, fined is the right word, but they were having a week of their rookie offseason practices taken away. Like they were now allowed to practice a week left. And my theory is that Shanahan knew that that was going to happen and was like, I'm going to get out ahead of it by just canceling practices now. And yeah, that's my, that's my theory because it was supposedly based on a video that was on social media that some NFL players association officials saw. And the video has been out for a few, like it it was like a month ago during rookie mini camp. No one knows what it, actually was the best guess is there's a clip of diamador lenore getting a pick on i think it might have been trey lance and in that drill he's running press coverage on the receiver he's covering and apparently i had no idea press coverage is not allowed during rookie minicamp in the nfl offseason according to like the cba or whatever they use to set those rules so because of that that's what people think no one knows but that that's what i'm hearing is that that clip is i think it might have been matt barrows who tweeted it but that's the of the athletic. I think that's the main thing I'm seeing is that it was that clip taken away. So if that's true, sorry, I've been going on about my conspiracy theory for a while, but if it is that clip, that clip was out for three or four weeks. That's totally enough time for somebody to text Kyle Shanahan and be like, Hey man, you guys broke the rules. Like they're coming for you. He's got a lot of friends around the league. His dad has a lot of friends around the league. I don't find it hard to believe at all that somebody gave him like that. He or John Lynch got wind that the NFL PA was going to punish them for this. And they were just like, we'll cancel our practices. Now we've got these injuries anyway. It's like, we'll be ready for training camp. What do you think? Conspiracy theory, or does it make some sense? Press coverage is not allowed in rookie training camp. I know. Ridiculous. <laughs> that is not something I was aware of. Am I, am I supposed to know things like that? I had no idea. I mean, I wonder if the team didn't even know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I would be surprised if that was something, I mean, I guess not that surprised. Like I get, if they're told press coverage is not allowed, I'm like, yeah, whatever, like that, we're going to practice all the coverage is like, this is silly. Or they're like, what press coverage isn't allowed? How are we supposed to know that? Why, why is that a thing? Why does that matter? I, I have no think idea. it comes down to like contact, not really being allowed in these practices. So I, I don't know. Fair. It's yeah. I, it's weird. I more so hope that it isn't necessarily your conspiracy theory. Cause I would love to see Kyle canceling the rest of OTAs solely based on injuries to protect his players and kind of care for them. So we don't repeat last year. I just, I like that storyline. I like that heartfelt Kyle Shanahan protecting his guys, even though football's a rough sport. And, you know, the second they get back into it, there could be more and they just need to be. Yeah. Dave um, have a good training staff. They need to be, doing what they need to do to stay healthy, but I get it that coming back slow and steady sometimes needs to be the way. Yeah. I think I'm reading an article on uh, fan nation, 49ers fan nation, accusing Diamador Lenore of being to blame for posting the video on his Instagram. I'm just going to get out ahead of this and say the 49ers unrestricted podcast does not blame Diamador Lenore. I say we blame the coaches for letting that happen. I don't blame the 22 year old kid who wanted to post a video of an awesome interception he had. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm just assuming they have no idea, 
And it's yeah. not just because I had no idea. Like, I'm not saying, oh, I have no idea. They should, shouldn't know either. No, I, I just, that is just one of the silliest things I have heard surrounding the NFL. And we all know there's been some pretty silly things that the NFL has said or ruled or done. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they post videos all the time. And unless he was explicitly told, don't post the press coverage video or press coverage is not allowed, then yeah. I, I don't see that being the case. And this is Grant Cohn, by the way, writing this piece, blaming the 49ers for, uh, for that. Grant. He's also saying he saw lots of contact and bump and run coverage during rookie camp. So he thinks that it was not just Lenore. So that would, again, point to the coaching staff. But it's hard to blame the guys for wanting to get out there and play. I don't totally. Know. They're thirsty. You get fired up. I know. It's, it comes back. It's just like this team is hungry. And that's that's a good thing. But, yeah, it's, I don't know, a bit of an overreaction. But – 49ers will not be practicing together again until the end of July when training camp starts. Yeah, it's all a ways away. Um, Timmy, speaking of another young group, a little more experienced young group, yeah. um, we have uh, – what was it through? The top 25, under 25. I believe it was Pro Football Focus's top 25, under 25. And PFF, they know their stuff. And – the 49ers had two players land on this list, two top 25 under 25. Daniel, if you were going to guess, who do you think those players are? Well, it's hard. I know. <laughs> I know who they are. Um, yes, it's it true. It's our beloved. <laughs> and I, I just couldn't even think of someone like, I'm going to guess this. Instead. I don't know enough guys ages, to be honest. It's very, to me, very obviously Fred Warner and Nick Bosa yeah. are defensive studs. Yeah, so the 49ers have Fred Warner coming in number one on the NFL's top 25 players under 25, and mm-hmm. Nick Bosa coming in at number five. And you have mm-hmm. to imagine that if Nick Bosa had played last season, he might be even higher. Because when I heard one of these two guys is number one, I was like, oh, Nick Bosa is number one. Like he's unstoppable. I think I really last season was when I really realized like how amazing Fred Warner is. Like when he got all pro and like Aaron Rodgers calling him the best middle linebacker in the league and stuff like that. I just was not, I don't know. It's just cause it's not a position you like pay as much attention to as like somebody getting sacks and stuff, but man, Fred Warner. I mean, there are people who say he is the best middle linebacker in the league. So if that's the case, he should be number one on this list. I would absolutely say so, say that he is. Um, it was it was incredible to see the year that he had. Um, he, even Darius Leonard, the other linebacker who was lights out, he's on the Colts, lights Great out last linebacker. year. He gave massive respect to Fred Warner. Um, I, n- I remember seeing a video clip after we played the Packers. Aaron Rodgers was telling Fred, you're the best linebacker in the league. Yeah, and he, um, I mean, he was an all-pro, right? Absolutely. Yeah, good. Good for him. And he, I mean, he's one of those players, a good middle linebacker is so important because they're the quarterback of the defense. They're out there, they're they're calling things out, they're observing what's happening. So having someone who is a stud at that spot is, is great and helps out your defensive coordinator a lot. Good relationship there is super important. Fred Warner, what, how long has he been in the NFL now? Is this, was last year, year three for him? I want to say last year was year three. Yeah, so he... We haven't extended him yet, have we? Yeah, he was taken in the third round of the 2018 draft. 
the uh, the greatest Fred Warner story of all time is he's pretty close with uh, former 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala. Do you know this story? I just uh, know they're friends. Yeah, so they're tight. And Robert Sala is now head coach of the Jets. And Fred Warner went to BYU, also where uh, new New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson went. And apparently Robert uh, Fred Wilson was like at one of his pro days or workouts. And Robert Sala asked him like, hey, can you go like give him a hug and just like tell me how big he is? So Fred Warner went over and gave Zach Wilson a hug and then walked over and was like, he's pretty built. Like it was something like that. That, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so funny which like yeah, i'm looking at this list too yeah and i don't mean to correct you but i'm excited to correct you that nick bosa is number four number four he's number at least i'm looking pretty sure it's pro football focus pff he's number four in front of jer alexander one of the best corners in the league and then chase young is number seven and so i just want us to take a second that chase young is a monster and has has so much potential and Nick Bosa is three spots ahead of him and barely played it all last year. Yeah, don't forget that before there was Chase Young, there was Nick Bosa. Totally, but Nick Bosa had a year off, of, so he's played one year, and here we have him three spots ahead of Chase Young. Well, have you, have you seen the stats of, like, most QB pressures by a rookie? It's, yeah. like, Chase Young is number two on the list, and it's, like, he had this phenomenal season last year and Nick Bosa has like almost double the amount of pressures he has. I mean, there were people, I think it was Michael Irvin who was saying before last season that Nick Bosa was going to be MVP. Like Nick Bosa is that feared around the league and is thought of as that kind of a game breaking talent. And I mean, ACL torn ACL is never, is never good. But if you look at guys who have torn their ACL recently and it's, it's crazy. Cause even in my lifetime, I've seen a torn ACL come from, you might never play again to give it 12 months and you're going to be fine, if not better. And that mm-hmm. says a lot about medical technology, but I just, I, I expect. Um, it's pretty nuts to see this list. And I'm just going to throw out the top 10 to show you who Warner and Bosa both beat out. Yeah. Number 10 is DK Metcalf. Number nine is Tristan Wirfs, the incredible tackle on the Buccaneers. Great guy. Great player. Number eight is Justin Jefferson, breakout wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. On my dynasty team, one of my fantasy football dynasty league teams. Chase Young, as I said, is seven. Minka Fitzpatrick. Great player. Safety for the Steelers is number six. One of the, if not, yeah, one of the best defensive players in the league i'm gonna i got i would say he's the best defensive back last year yeah probably i mean the other ones you put up there are jalen ramsey and uh if you want to go safety jamal adams when he's healthy might be better but it's tough just on fire and then jerry alexander they have him one spot ahead cornerback for the packers was locked down nick bosa number four a j brown number three great player any guesses on number two unless you already saw I did see, but I can't remember. Probably. Oh, I did see uh, Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. See, Josh Allen was on the list I just saw. I wonder if we're looking at different lists, man. Because mine's pro football focus. But I, I was I looking at it on Niners Nation. I wonder if it's in like last year's article. I don't know. Maybe Josh Allen turned 25 like before we looked at this list. But yeah, Lamar yeah. Jackson makes more sense. He would for sure need to be on that list. It was it was from yesterday. Okay, that's so weird. 
But either way, we've got Warren at the top of both. That's all I care about. Okay, both here's – sorry. I totally cut you off there. My bad. No, so here's what good. I think happened. Josh Allen is 25. So I think PFF put out the list with Josh Allen on it, and then 49ers Nation wrote their article, and then <laughs> – they realized Josh Allen wasn't under 25 and they corrected it. You've got to look at his birthday and know when it's coming and see, oh, this isn't going to come out by the time we, or he's going to have a birthday by the time we publish this. We should just leave him off it. That's so funny. Okay, that explains all of it. But yeah, so Lamar Jackson, number two. Is Kyler Murray not under 25? I would expect him to be on there. He is. He was just farther. I only read the top 10. I think he was like 14 or 15. Yeah. I like Kyler, but he has hasn't some perspective on him. For fantasy, he's probably probably top under twenty five, but for actual NFL, I don't know. All right, let's do. We got one more little piece of news. Um, George Kittle, Daniel is impressed by Trey Lance. He said he is a Lance is a freak athlete. Quote, and sounds like Trey Lance has been has been impressing coming out of camp, which. I take the news with a grain of salt. Like, I don't think they're going to go around saying like, wow, Trey Lance is sucking. Like our third overall pick is just terrible. But to hear George Kittle be excited about, about Trey Lance is great for a number of reasons, not least of which that like he and Jimmy are so tight that like that, I would worry that the relationship between him and a new quarterback could, could be bad considering how tight he was, he is with Jimmy. But if he's impressed and he's excited, that's, we need George, we need George Kittle on board for the Trey Lance trade yeah you very much want your star offensive player to, to be down with the backup quarterback and the, the first round pick and the, the guy they got with three that, that they traded three first round picks to get yeah. still hard to believe that was what we gave but here we are trey don't let me down yeah um yeah no it's pressure. exciting it's exciting to see that your first round pick your backup quarterback is tearing it up and you're starting tight end your weapon of mass destruction is is excited probably the face of your franchise to some extent the face of the franchise to some extent is george kittle yeah i thought you were gonna say trey lance and i'm like you can't say that when we're talking about george Kittle in the same sense right now george kittle is the is the heart and soul of the team he's the face of the franchise for now normally a quarterback is but when you have somebody as exciting and just as fun as george kittle i think in the heart of fans He's the guy. A big part of it is his personality. I mean, I love watching the 49ers Instagram and when you see players roll out for, for practice for OTAs and they're they're saying good morning to Niner Nation and George Kittle's accent, his smile, his humor, and just the, the camaraderie that he has with the team, but with uh, Niner Nation when he greets them. And um, I just love every part of who he is as a Niner and taking pride in that. I would say the other face of the franchise is the entire defense, just seeing yeah. uh, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, and maybe throwing Eric Armstead just all shoulder by shoulder. It's like, Those hey, are probably the guys. We're the defense. Like, yep, that's great. Yeah. Very and fun. then with George Kittle, I mean, he's got to be number one on the list of 49ers I'd want to hang out with. Like, if it's like you, like, I'd love to hang out with any of them, but it's like you can go have a beer with anybody on the team. It's like, give me George Kittle. Like, that's going to be a fun night. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it would be a wild night. And I guess, I mean, Trey Lance heading into training camp. Well, that's going to be the number one storyline is how is Trey Lance looking? Is he beating out Jimmy? Who's getting first team reps? That's that's really the number one thing to follow. Well, even if there isn't a QB battle, you can guarantee that the beat writers are going to talk about it. Um, 
So we'll definitely want to keep an eye on that. That's how I think it's going to go. As I don't think it's there's going to be an actual legitimate quarterback battle. Um, nothing compared to – I mean, I don't even want to compare them because they're so far apart. But Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, and Denver, that is an actual quarterback battle. They're fighting for the starting job. And last I saw, Teddy Bridgewater was impressing. And so he comes in being signed or traded from the Broncos – sorry, to the Broncos from the Panthers – and Drew Locke was the starter last year. The the young pick, second round pick, I want to say two years ago now. Yeah. Um, he was exciting. It was actually, it might have been three years ago now, post-draft. But he was exciting, but then didn't quite do it. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater, not the world's greatest quarterback, but definitely gets the job done at some key points in his career. Um, but it's looking like he's going to take it. And so – that's a switch, but I don't think the Niners will actually be having a competitive no. battle. But I the, think uh, the true quarterback battle in training camp is Josh Rosen versus Nate Sudfeld. Sure. I think it will be kind of something like you see with the Eagles where they traded Carson, but then, okay, like we're going to give Jalen Hurts a quarterback competition. We're going to get – we're essentially going to give him a reason to, to fight for his job and not have that security just yet because he's so young and inexperienced and has not had – the starting job for a full season that might be something they're doing now in a similar way where hey jimmy we've got lance here and he's coming in at some point how long are you going to try to prolong that essentially how how much you have left how hard are you willing to fight for your job i guess and how healthy can you stay and how many injuries can you play through i think that unfortunately that is something that has to be said said with Jimmy. I feel like the 49ers have been really clear that they love Jimmy when he gets on the field. But I mean, we've lost one and a half seasons to Jimmy Garoppolo not being available. And that's, and we've talked about how we don't, we don't think it's his fault. We don't think he's injury prone, but at some point you have to say, Hey, we need someone who's healthy. Combine that with, we have someone in Trey Lance that can do so much more and just and Nick Mullins certainly wasn't the answer in that moment. Sorry, Timmy. Nick Mullins was oh, not the answer. Here we go answer. with our uh, next four matchups. Speaking of the Eagles, Nick Mullins going into uh, Philadelphia. We basically traded yeah. Nate Sudfeld for uh, for Nick Mullins, and I wish we'd kept kept Nick Mullins. But uh, Jalen Hurd, watch out. Competition in Philly, like them bringing in someone to kind of light Jalen Hurts on fire, hopefully, or well, set him on fire to go yeah, off. Yeah, if you and- want Jalen Hurd to be cemented as your starter, you shouldn't have brought in Nick Mullins because he's going to compete. I wasn't sure if you were going to say something like that. He's going to demand some starting reps in camp. Well, speaking of them bringing in someone to get him going and light a fire under his butt, they brought in Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. (laughs) All right, Daniel, do you want to wrap up today? We can break down. If you've been following along, we break down four games of the 49ers schedule each week. We have the 49ers right now. I think we have us at six and two. Does that sound right? Through two weeks. And now we're going to go through four more and I'm sure we're going to have us attended to because we're, we are optimists, but we're going to try to be as unbiased as possible. And so next up we have the 49ers taking on for the first time of the season, the LA Rams at home. Rams. What was that Daniel? Sorry. At home. This is at, at Levi stadium. 
at Levi's Stadium. The Rams, I was listening to Bill Simmons. He thinks it's the Rams and the Bucks to win the NFC. The Rams are supposed to be, they've always been a pretty talented roster. They have mortgaged their future on winning now. They don't have first round picks for years. They've got new quarterback in Matthew Stafford, who I think Matthew Stafford is one of the, I heard him compared to like Chris Paul, somebody who's like been great, but like never really like competed. And then now has come into this team where you might be able to, to take him on a run. Um, Sean McVay is more excited than he's ever been about this team. That's the buzz. Um, that Chris Paul comparison, at first, I'm like, what the heck? We're comparing Chris Paul to Matthew Stafford. But I thought about it as you explained him. Like, that's actually not a not a bad comparison right there. Chris Paul had more has had more of like postseason runs. Like, I don't know if Stafford has he ever even played in the playoffs. There's no way. He's been on the lines. He might have he might have snuck in with like a wild card game. Yeah. Not nothing. But, yeah. So the the Rams are a good team. Um, the Rams, the NFC West, I I'm saying this now, I think whoever goes to the Super Bowl from the NFC, if it's not the Bucks, is going to be somebody from the NFC West. I think it's us, the Seahawks, or the Rams, um, NFC the West has to be the hardest division of football right now, hands down. Oh yeah. Cause even the Cardinals who are like, not the best team are, are competitive, are, are good. Yeah. And so we have the Rams and here's the thing with the Rams. They're a great team, but Kyle Shanahan lives rent-free in Sean McVay's head. And Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the NFL, but Kyle Shanahan owns him. They're friends. They've worked together. Kyle Shanahan used to, like, employ Sean McVay, all that. And just the 49ers beat the Rams. Last year, the the Rams were way better than the 49ers. And I think the Rams, the 49ers beat the Rams both times in our crazy injury-ridden season. The 49ers beat the, the Kyle Shanahan 49ers beat the Sean McVay Rams really out of context. No matter what's going on, the team, we just, we play well against the Rams. And so I think I'm, I find it hard to believe that that until I see the Rams beat us, I, I feel like we're going to win this one. I like that comment because I do think the Rams will be better than they were last year, this coming season, but I am not a big, I'm not a big hype trend guy to where, um, Three years ago, I think the maybe it's just two, but I want to say it's three years ago. The Browns were supposed to be Super Bowl contenders. It was their first year where they were going to pop off. They've got a good squad. They're healthy, and I just wasn't buying it. Granted, I'm using the Browns as my example. You, are. But I'm very much a prove it to me, and I'll start to believe it. But I don't really care who you bring into a roster until you show me that they're going to gel. Bringing in, bringing in another basketball analogy, when the LeBron went to the Lakers and they surrounded him with a bunch of guys, I was like, um, yeah, we'll see, but I need to see it. I need to see that the Rams can actually play. I have no doubt in my mind Matthew Stafford's going to be great, probably have one of the best seasons of his career with Cooper Cup, with Robert Woods. Great receivers. Uh, great receivers. I think that their defense is solid with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Just an Aaron Donald, maybe the best defensive player in the NFL. If yeah, one of all time ever at the end of his career, just possibly. Um, they're a scary team, but I just I don't. I need to. I've seen way too many odds about the Rams being high up Super Bowl contenders, and I'm thinking, sure, they were there a few years ago with Jared Goff. Not a whole lot of a different team now. If anything, same dudes, just more improved. And it's it's been have... what three or four years since they went to the Super Bowl now. Sure. Um. Yeah, I I think the Rams are getting too much hype, but not way too much, but too much. And so I think the Niners will. 
I don't know where the Rams are going to be at at this point in the season. Week nine hitting midway almost, actually right in midway. And I think this one goes to the Niners much easier yeah. than we might expect. I agree. I think the 49ers – I think the Rams come down to Levi's, and I think they leave with an L. Next up – oh, the sorry. Niners getting a, a solid win. We play the Jaguars next. The Jacksonville – the Urban Meyer-led Jacksonville Jaguars. Rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence, uh, rookie tight end Tim Tebow, and I don't think we can even say rookie for it, but at the position, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's rookie to tight end. Um, <laughs> not that many other players I can name: Travis Etienne, um, James Robinson, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, rookie quarterback, number one overall pick, um, the second coming of Peyton Manning, all of that. York. The embodiment of sunshine from Remember the Titans in a human being. For those of you who don't watch on the camera, Daniel once uh, had a big sunshine vibe. He used to he used to go by sunshine, right? Yeah, I worked at a summer camp where we had camp names. And uh, my camp name was Sunshine because I love Remember the Titans. And, and you had the hair too, right? Yeah, I didn't cut my hair for three years. So I was looking pretty sunshiny. Yeah. Um, there's not much to say about this. The Jaguars might be building something cool. I like Urban Meyer as a coach, not necessarily as a human being. And I think that they might have a chance to do something good, but it's not going to be this year. The 49ers walk out of a win, walk out with a win in this one easy. It's not close. Um, The sign of a good NFL team is the ability to easily beat bad teams. And I think that shows up this week. I don't think it's ever really in. I, I don't think there's anything is in doubt this game. I will say the last couple of years, the Niners have struggled against some teams they really should not have, or they, they lost to teams they really should not have. I remember I thought a few years ago we lost to the Lions and I was throwing stuff all over my house because I was yeah. so upset. I'm like, man, we lost to the Lions. What are, what are we doing? Where are we? This is not a game anyone would be – anyone with a podcast is going, I think the Niners lose this one to the Lions just because. Um, so pretty easy win. You know, still they still need to come prepared. They still need to know they're playing pros in the league. They're playing Trevor Lawrence. Sure, he's a rookie, doesn't have a lot of experience, but this is week week ten. If Trevor this, Lawrence has never what lost like four games in his life. Like yeah. he's a great so, he's a great quarterback. Just saying, every NFL team be on guard for. They're aware of that. Yeah. So yeah, I think the 49ers walk out with a win in that one. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, who else we got on there? Dalvin Cook, um, good boy, team. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, yes, my bad. We've also got, I mean, some good defensive players. I think Anthony Barr is still there. He is. Tra- traditionally a great defense, uh, not the case last season, but Coach Mike Zimmer, I doubt, is going to allow his team to have a bad defense two years in a row. They actually but- brought back a lot of studs. Anthony Barr is back. Danielle, Danielle. Hunter is back, right? And they signed. Sure, he's way past his prime, but Patrick Peterson, they signed, and he is in the secondary. And so they they brought back a lot of defensive guys. They added some. So I think last year the Vikings were horrible. I want to say they allowed the third most points in the league. Um, I think that it'll be the Vikings defense we're used to seeing is pretty solid. In the last year or two, they have not been, but I think they're going to flip the script back to being a pretty solid defense at this point. Yeah. The the Vikings are a are a middle of the road NFL team. They'll compete. They might be in the running for a wild card spot, and that's what they've been for a few years. And I just don't know if they've done the moves to to be anything more than that. And I think the 49ers. I think as long as we're healthy, 
which I can't imagine we have a super unhealthy season two years in a row. I think the Niners walk out of this one with a win. As long as Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay, the Vikings will only be a wild card team. Yep, that's true. As long as Aaron Rodgers, the question is, is Aaron Rodgers still in Green Bay? So we've got ourselves sitting at nine and two at this point, heading into week 12. Week 12, the 49ers head up to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks. The 49ers true rival, um, always a perennially good team, even though they run the ball way more than they should. Great. Pete Carroll knows how to run a team. Not always. Not always, but they they have a good team. And I think we predicted that the 49ers beat the Seahawks when they come up to San Francisco. So this one's an easy prediction for me to make. I don't know if you want to talk more about I We're not beating the Seahawks twice in the same season. We sure. might if we pay, face them in the playoffs again or something like that. But I just I don't think we're going 2-0 against them. So because of that, unless Russell Wilson is out or for some reason traded, I, yep. I think the 49ers lose this game. I just want to say when I said not always, I was you had said they run the ball too much at times, and I was saying oh yes because they decided to throw in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. They decided to throw uh, I don't remember what yard line they were at, but to Jacob Hollister and Drake Greenlaw stopped him at the goal. One line. of the best plays ever. Incredible. I like that one more than the Super Bowl one, but it's the Super Bowl, so it's heightened. But. I yeah. just feel like as 49ers fans, we have to be careful about criticizing not passing in the Super Bowl because of 2012 or not running in the Super Bowl because when we threw like three straight passes with one of the best rushing offenses ever against the Ravens, we had Frank Gore back there and we never even gave him a chance to run it in. But yeah, I do like making fun of the Seahawks. Just one side note. This should have been in our news and notes way earlier, but Frank Gore is not on a team. And Frank Gore said he wants to play and he would love a 49ers reunion. Do it. I don't know if it's going to happen, but Frank Gore is down to be a Niner. And that is all I could ever ask for and want to see again. Bring him uh, in, Kyle. Maybe we'll talk about that next week and how what we need to do to get Frank Gore here. But yeah. Would, it can't cost that much. And no. like, I feel like he'd be good to have on the team. Minimum. Like, imagine him mentoring all these guys we have. Maybe he can teach some of our players to be healthy because he knows healthy but timmy yeah i am with you i think that we got to give this one an l as we are in seattle in the loudest stadium uh, even though the legend uh, the legion of boom is no more there maybe we're bringing richard sherman with us maybe we're not i would love to get that figured out pronto um he wants to go to a contender is what we've seen so but i do think that the seahawks will get one on us and it makes sense for it to be the home and away matchups, but a lot of the time, I think each uh, the Seahawks win at Levi's and the Niners win in Seattle. I think they do their flip flop at times, and it makes no sense to me how that works. But there yeah. there's a fire about going into someone's house and taking what's theirs. One hundred percent. I'm excited for. I feel like this is a stre- the stretch of games that we walk out of, like knowing if the 49ers truly are a contender. Sure. Like if the 40, if our predictions are correct, this is when it's like, okay, the 49ers are one of five teams that like are most likely to win the Super Bowl this year. Sure. That I'm is, that is about that. this point in the season where the records show a little bit of who really is where we're at when we predicted in the pre uh, before the season. Yeah. You are what your record says you are. No denying it. So we'll, we'll resume back as we are nine and three 
at this point. And uh, we definitely do have a, a tough end of the season schedule. We definitely yeah. have some hot dogs that we have to play. So we'll see where, where they're at when they're up and running. Yeah, this is going to be such a good season. Uh, tune back. This, I think we're going to close out today's episode, but thanks for tuning in. See you guys in two weeks. Keep an eye on the news. We've got, you know, Trey Lance working out with Mohamed Sanu. We're probably going to see some great clips of him looking awesome. And yeah, we're just and maybe about a Frank to Gore signing. Yeah, keep an eye on the Frank Gore signing. Let's do it. I ha- I just can't imagine that he costs enough to make it not worth it. Even just as a mentor role. Yep. Player Bring him on as a coach. For real. Be like, we'll say you're a player, but like really you're just our running backs coach. Perfect. Love Strength it. and conditioning coach. Tell me he can't teach the guys how to stay healthy. We can do it all, man. All right. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye.